الله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون قال الله تعالى في مقام اخر ان شكرتم لازيدنكم ولا ان كفرتم ان عذابي لشديد سبحان ربك رب العزه اما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى said a strange thing in the Quran he said فاذكروني اذكركم remember me and i will remember you واشكروني and be grateful to me express your thanks to me ولا تكفرون and do not commit kufr. Actually, in the Arabic language, the word for unbelief, as all of you know, is kufr. And the same word is used in the Arabic language to deny the blessings of someone, to be ungrateful to some being. So it means that the very Arabic language itself is showing us that that person who is ungrateful for the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his ungratefulness is so dangerous, is so hideous in the eyes of Allah, that ungratefulness can lead him to unbelief or it's as if he is an unbeliever. Because one thing is to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your tongue and the other thing is to actually give thanks to him in your life and to testify that you truly believe that there is no other being worthy of worship. So Allah said in Quran, La شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ That if you are grateful to me, then verily know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that know that I will increase you in the blessings that I have given you but if you are ungrateful to me, if you deny the blessings that I send you, if you forget all that I have done for you, then know that verily my punishment is lashadid, is extremely strong, is extremely terrible. So it means that today we must learn how to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or more importantly we must realize how ungrateful we are to Him. So what is the definition of doing shukr? What is the definition of being grateful to Allah? Being grateful to any being or expressing thanks means to praise that being with your tongue, to obey that being with your actions, and to be ashamed of disobeying that being. To feel bad about doing something that is displeasing to that being. Why? Out of gratitude for all that that being has done for you. In recognition of all the bounties and blessings that that being has given you, so this is the definition of the word shukr. Now if we look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us unlimited blessings. The first blessing that he gave us was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us as insan. There's a famous shaykh of India, Shaykh Shah Waliullah, So Shaykh Shah Waliullah has written that the first blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave all of us was that he made us as insan, that he gave us the gift of humanity. Now what does this mean? This means that if none of us asked to be made a human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have made us a donkey. And if we were a donkey today, we'd be carrying some burden on our backs. Somebody would be using a stick to beat us to make us run. Allah wanted to, He could have made us amongst the dogs. So it is a great blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us amongst human beings. Just the very fact that we are alive as humans means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us for some reason. Created us so that we would know Him, so that we would love Him, so that we would worship Him. And know also that Allah has created human beings only because He wants to send His mercy on them because he wants them to worship and recognize him, because he wants to send them into Jannah. Allah did not create any of us to send us into Jahannam. He created us because he wants to send us to Jannah. 
if we choose to disbelieve in him, if we choose to disobey him, if we choose to be forgetful to him, if we choose to be ungrateful to him, then we ourselves are earning this terrible punishment that Allah mentions in the Quran. So the first blessing that Allah gave all of us was this gift of humanity. The second blessing is all of you know that Allah gave us the gift of Iman, that he created us as believers, as Muslims. Now what does this mean? Probably almost everybody sitting here was born into a Muslim family. That means from the moment you were born, you heard the name of Allah. Shortly after you were born, the adhan was recited in your ear, the iqamah was recited in another ear. When your mothers used to try to put you to sleep, they used to sing you lullabies with the name of Allah in them. When you grew a bit older, your father brought you to the masjid. As a small child, he brought you into the house of Allah. All of these things were not in your own ikhtiyar, none of your own will, none of your own volition. Allah guided you to this deen, he even made you born into this deen. More than that, he didn't just make us born into any old deen, he made us amongst the ummah of the Prophet Muhammad <coughs> Something that it comes that even the previous prophets used to make dua for. They wished that they could be members of the ummah of Prophet Muhammad So he gave us the best deen, the best messenger, the best book, the best way of life. Look how much Allah has given us. The third blessing that Allah has given us is our health, our bodies. And this is an incredible blessing. If you look at it, Allah has given us so much. If He did not give us sight, we would be blind. If He did not give us hearing, we would be deaf. If He did not give us a tongue, we would be mute. If He did not give us a brain, we would be dumb. If He did not give us health, we would be sick. If He did not give us limbs, we would be crippled. And if He did not give us an honor in the world, we would be amongst the disgraced ones. Look how much honor and respect all of us live in. Any one of these blessings, just take an eye. You'll never understand the blessing of an eye until you meet somebody who is blind. Ask a blind person what it means. That he will never be able to see the Kaaba. That she will never be able to see her children. That she can never look upon her mother. That he or she can never look upon a page of the Quran. That he or she will never be able to look upon the face of a pious person. That he or she may hear the voices of her loved ones, but she will never be able to see them. Look what a blessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. The ability to see. Look at the person who is deaf. He or she never gets to hear the adhan ever in their life. They've never heard the adhan. Even if they go to Makkah and Medina, Makkah, Makarmah, Medina, Manora, they cannot hear the beautiful recitation of the imams in those places. They don't know what the Quran sounds like. Look at these incredible things that Allah has given us. These things that we take for granted. They can never hear the words of their loved ones. They will look at the face of their mother, they will see their mother's lips moving, but they never know what sweet voice their mother has. Look at the blessing of the ear. Look at the person who cannot speak. A person who cannot speak with his tongue, he cannot express himself. The gift of language. What an incredible gift it is. He wants to express himself and at best he can use some signs to express what he's feeling. In fact, those of us who are those human beings who are deaf, such an incredible ni'mah, we don't even reflect the ability to listen to our own voice. Why? Because as all of you know, those people who are deaf, they are unable to speak. They have tongues. They have the ability to speak. But because they can't hear their own voice, they're unable to speak. So if nothing else, this ni'mah of our voice or of our hearing is that we can listen to our own voice. How many of us have ever thought of that as a ni'mah? How many of us have ever been grateful to Allah that, Ya Allah, you gave me the ability to hear my own voice, 
Therefore I have cognition, I can express myself in language. Each and everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is an incredible blessing. In fact, Allah has saved us from so many types of sicknesses. Look, one way we get sick is a bacteria infects us. Somebody will say you have a bacterial infection. But what are these bacteria? There are millions of bacteria in the air at all times. How many millions of bacteria has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved us from? Each and every moment of each and every day. In fact, even more than, even more small than a bacteria is a virus. Because a bacteria, you can see them under a regular microscope. In order to see the components of a virus, you need an electron microscope. When a person gets sick, he gets a viral infection. And there's no cure for that. Somebody says you have the flu virus. There's no cure. You just take you three, four, five days to get better. You can take some pills to suppress the sneezing and to control some of the symptoms, but there's no real cure for these viruses. How many viruses does Allah save us from so many times a day, so many days of our life? Allah has given us so much, so much in this life, and we are so ungrateful. There was a famous wali at the time of uh, the king Harun al-Rashid. His name was Sama'a bin Harb. So once Sama'a bin Harb was sitting in the court of Harun al-Rashid, and Harun al-Rashid was feeling very thirsty because it was very hot. So Harun al-Rashid asked his attendant to go and get me a glass of water. His attendant went and brought the glass of water. Sama'a bin Harb said, O king, just wait a minute, don't drink that water. I want to ask you a few questions. So Harun al-Rashid waited. And he said that, O Harun al-Rashid, Imagine if there was no water anywhere else in the world. This was the last glass of water left. And you were so hot, you were so thirsty. What would you give in exchange for this glass of water? Harun al-Rashid said, I would give half my kingdom. If there was no water left in the world, this was the only glass left, and I'm so thirsty, I need to quench my thirst, I'd be willing to give half of my entire kingdom for this glass of water. Then that wali of Allah said that, Oh Harun al-Rashid, let him drink the water. And then he said, Harun al-Rashid, if you had a sickness in which you cannot relieve your bladder, you cannot get rid of that water inside you, and there was nobody in the whole world who could cure your sickness except one doctor, what would you be willing to give your doctor to give you the ability to pass this water back out again? Harun al-Rashid said, if there was such a condition and there was only one doctor in the world who could cure my sickness, I'd be willing to give that doctor half my kingdom. So then that wali of Allah said that, O Harun al-Rashid, just this one blessing in life, the ability to drink water and the ability to pass it out is worth your entire kingdom. So think how much grateful you must be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has given you so many blessings in life. This was the way our awliya, our mashaik used to explain to the people with examples, with love. They would open up the reality of their lives in front of them. And truly it is correct. And you will see if you don't understand this meaning in this world, and those of us who will be thirsty in the day of judgment, on that day we will realize what a blessing water it is. On that day we will realize how much we would give anything in life to quench our thirst. On that day we will be begging to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to just send me back into this world. I will change everything in my life. I will sacrifice my whole life for your sake. Just give me one chance. Send me back. Because I cannot handle the thirst of the day of judgment. So there are limitless blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. In fact, he says in Quran, that if you were to try to count the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you would be unable to count them. They say that it would be unable for a person to count the stars in the sky. People think it is impossible to count the leaves and all the trees in the world. 
People think it is impossible to count the drops of water that there is in the oceans of the world. People think it is impossible to count the grains of sand that there are on the beaches of the world. But my friends, I tell you today, it is possible to count all the stars in the sky. It is possible to count all the drops of water in the oceans of the world. It is possible to count all the leaves and all the trees of the world. It is even possible to count all the grains of sand and all the beaches of the world. But what is not possible is to count the bounties and blessings, the ni'mas of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on any one of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings on us are so incredible. And only that person who is devoid of some blessing, he really can appreciate and understand. There was once a person, a friend of ours, somebody that we know, he had an accident, a motorcycle accident. He was riding his motorcycle and he had an accident. Alhamdulillah, his whole body was fine, he wasn't injured, but there was one thing he lost in that accident. Such a strange accident, such a precise wound that he had, he lost one eyelid. Other than that, there was not a scratch on him, but somehow in the course of that accident, his one eyelid came off, must have scraped up against something. Then that person realized what a blessing a single eyelid is. Because without that eyelid, he was unable to blink. When he was unable to blink, after a short period of time, a small layer of dust would come on his eye. Just like all of you can look at a mirror, if you leave a mirror and you don't dust it, a thin layer of dust comes on that mirror. Now he didn't know what to do, so he would use water to wash away that dust because then his vision would be blurry. Every now and then he would have to put water on his eye. All of you know what happens when you put water too much on a piece of your body. Just take a shower for 30 minutes and you'll see your hands, your fingertips are so wrinkled. So his eye and his whole this area started to become wrinkled. So much so that it looked like an orange peel. And then his skin became so sensitive to water that he couldn't even put any water on him. He said it felt like acid coming up on his eye. So then he went to the doctor and he asked the doctor, what can I do? And the doctor said, you have no choice. You have to either have two options. Either you let the dust collect in your eye and just forget about ever seeing through that eye. Or you keep putting water on yourself and deal with the pain or the swelling or the, the way your eye looks. And he couldn't understand and then finally he went to a Muslim doctor and the Muslim doctor explained to him that no, that this is a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that all the doctors, all the scientists in the world if we come together, we cannot replace a single eyelid. How many of us have ever thought, how many times do we blink in a single day and we have two eyes, we are literally just drowning in the blessings and the mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask those people who don't have the blessings of Allah, they will be able to tell you how much we have. Now when Allah says la in that you must be grateful to him. Why? If you look at us, we are drowning in the mercies of Allah, but we are so ungrateful. In fact, in this day and age, if somebody gives you a glass of water, somebody gives you a coke, or here, somebody gives you a cup of tea, you think it rude if you don't thank him. If somebody gives you one cup of tea, you're so nice to them, so polite to them, so grateful to them, you thank them, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gave you everything in life, we don't sing his praises on our tongue. In fact, if somebody asks you, how are you doing? What do we say? Well, not bad. Things are going okay. I'm getting by. I'm making do. Astaghfirullah. Why are our tongues so stingy in praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Each and every one of us here, the Muslims of America or South Africa, each and every of us is living in the top 5% of human beings in the world. Why do we not say when somebody asks us how we're doing? That, oh my friend, I am drowning in the mercies of Allah. 
Truly Allah has given me more than I deserved. Truly I am unworthy for how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me. This is our reality. Not only could we feed our household if we wanted to, we could feed a hundred other households like ourselves. But what do we say? We're ungrateful. We say, oh, I'm just getting by. Things are going okay. Some of us might even say, make dua. Allah wa ta'ala, I'm planning to buy another shop. Make dua. Allah giving me success. I'm planning to expand my clinic. I'm planning to do this. So ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One shaykh used to say that, oh, my friends, your teeth have rotted by eating the bountings of Allah, but your tongue has yet to make any harkat, your tongue has yet to move in singing His praise. It means we should be so grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every moment we should be thinking and praising Him, using our tongue and using our bodies to praise Him. In fact, one shaykh, Atab bin Abi Rabah, amongst the Tabin, he was the teacher of Imam Abu Nifa, one of his teachers. Shaykh Atab bin Abi Rabah said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will address the angels and say that look at my servant whenever I test him in some way, when I give him some small financial difficulty, when I make his business go down temporarily, he immediately starts complaining about me in front of his friends, but look at him every day, he, so many sins are written in his book of deeds, and I never complain about him in front of my angels. We complain about Allah so much if we get one small test in our life, but every day we send so many sins to Allah and he doesn't complain about us in front of our angels. In fact, this is such a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that despite our sins, Allah still gives us our blessings and bountings. It would have been Allah's right that the second we sin with our eye, Allah would have made us blind. It would have been Allah's right that the very first time a person sinned with his tongue, Allah should have made him mute. It would have been Allah's right that the very first time a person listened to something he shouldn't listen to, Allah should have made us deaf. If Allah took that right, how many of us would not be blind today? How many of us can say we've never used our eyes in the disobedience of Allah? This is the majesty, the might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, this is how we treat one another. If you have a friend who is your friend for 10 years, in this country people even say it happens amongst brothers, lifelong family members. If they do something bad to you once, you wipe away all the 10 years of friendship, you forget that you're your blood brother. What do you tell your friend? You say, I hate that person. I don't want to see my brother's face. People tell their mothers that. I don't want to see my brother's face. I will not come to that gathering if my brother is there. I wish my brother was no longer on the face of the earth. Who are we? Imagine if Allah chooses to treat us in the same way. What if Allah was to say to us on the day of judgment that I don't wish to see your face. Go straight into the hellfire. You disobeyed me? You sinned against me? You used the gifts and blessings I gave you for disobedience and sin? And you ran around telling other people that you didn't want to see their face? So we must reflect how much we are drowning in the mercies of Allah. That even the fact that He's hidden our sins. One Sheikh used to say that, Oh friend, if anybody praises you, don't get happy. Because He's not really praising you. He's praising the sattariyat. He's praising the concealing aspect of Allah that Allah has hidden our sins. If any one of our sins, myself included, was to be revealed today, none of us won't want to look in our direction. In fact, none of us would even want to spit on our faces. We are drowning in the mercies of Allah. Allah has hidden our sins. He has delayed His punishment. Why? Because He is Al-Halim. He is the kind, the forbearing one. He wants to give us time to repent to Him. He wants us to turn to Him at some point in our life. 
He wants us to be grateful to him, to search him out, to yearn for him in our hearts. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's an important principle that in the terms of the deen, in matters of the deen, you should always look at those who are above you. And in matters of the dunya, you should always look at those who are below you. But we always do the opposite. In matters of our deen, we'll look at those who are below us. Just look at the man who asks his wife, that, oh my wife, why don't you observe the shari parna? Why don't you conceal yourself the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes you to be concealed? In other words, why don't you make yourself beautiful in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? If anybody goes to a fruit shop, there are two types of fruit. One are those that are nicely wrapped individually. And the others that have been left open and they're pockmarked. Just like that, this is the case of our women, that those women who conceal themselves in the way that Allah wishes them to, they're like beautiful pieces of wrapped fruit. And those who leave themselves open, they're like the pockmarked, the rotten fruit. But if any man tries to kindly tell his wife, or any woman kindly tries to tell her sister, that why don't you conceal yourself the way Allah wishes you to, she won't look at those who are more religious than her. She'll say, oh, why are you telling me to conceal? Look at your own sister. Or look at so-and-so's wife. Or look at your best friend's wife. She doesn't cover herself. And if she's going to be forgiven, I'll be forgiven too. So it means in the terms of the deen that we look at those who are below us. This is a terrible thing to do. Because if you look at those who are below you, you will always remain lazy in your deen. But instead, if you look at those who are above you, you will have a desire to do amal. You will wish to advance. You will think that, Ya Allah, this is a human being. This is an example. This is why our famous shuyukh, Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah, for example, he was known as Hujjat al-Islam. Look at the title that these people got. Hujjat al-Islam means the proof of Islam. That people would say that if you want to see a proof of Islam, just look at Imam Ghazali. The very fact that this person is Muslim is a proof of the deen. If you want to understand what, what level of humanity Islam can raise somebody up to, look at Imam al-Ghazali. Unless we look at those above us, we will not yearn and aspire for more. And the same thing in the dunya. The principle in the dunya is to look at those who are below you. So you would feel grateful to Allah. You would think that, Ya Allah, you have given me so much. And this poor person has so little. But instead, what do we do? We look at those people who are above us. We just walk into a person's house and we immediately scan what they have. We immediately make a mental note of what it is that they have that we don't have. The women will note what it is that their friends have that they don't have. Then they'll come home to the husband and say, I want this as well. The man will see what type of new car his friend is getting. And he'll think to his heart that, oh, I want to get this car as well. If in the dunya you look at those who are above you, it will lead to greed. But if you look at those who are below you, it will lead to gratefulness. There's a story of a man once who was in the masjid, who was walking out of the masjid on a very hot day. And his shoes happened to break. He had some small slippers and they broke. So he had to walk barefoot. And it comes that he made this thought in his heart that, Oh Allah, I am your regular worshiper. I come to the masjid. I pray salah in the jama'ah. I make sajda. Oh Allah, why, why can you not give me shoes? And the second he had the thought, immediately around the corner came a cripple who had no legs, who was walking on crutches. The second the man saw this, he immediately became ashamed and said, Oh Allah, forgive me for what I said. Ya Allah, you gave me legs, you gave me feet, you gave me the ability to walk. I'm so ashamed that I asked anything more from you. So if you look at those who are less off than you, truly you will understand how much Allah has given you. 
Look at any blessing in the world. Look at the blessing of children. What an incredible blessing it is that Allah has given us children. Ask that woman who was unable to have a child what this blessing is. Ask that woman who she may have everything in the world. She might have an affectionate husband. She might have all the wealth. She might live in a comfortable house. But day and night she lives with the sorrow that they do not have children in their family. She just wishes that there would be small children who would, who would populate her house. She also wants to hear the voices of small ones. She wants to hear the pitter-patter of small feet running along her house. Just ask that man who doesn't have a son, doesn't have a child through which he can leave things. He doesn't have a child who he knows he can rely upon him and support when he grows old. Ask those people who don't have the blessing of children. And those of us who have children, we should do shukr to Allah. We should every time we see our children. Some of us have five children. Every time we see our children, we should be so grateful, Ya Allah, it's only through your mercy, your generosity, your kindness that you gave me a child. Even our houses. How many people in the world don't have a house? How many people in the world are homeless? What does that mean? They have no place to go to at the end of the day. Just look at the fact that we have a roof over our heads. Let alone, mashallah, how most of us here have houses that anywhere else in the world would be called mansions. Literally palaces. We are the princes of the Muslim ummah. 99% of the Muslim ummah lives less than you and I do. I mean this for everybody in this room. It doesn't matter who you are, how humble background you think you may come from. Just travel the Muslim world and you'll know what I mean. We live in such mansions, palaces, estates. Do we ever make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, you put a roof over my head? Do we ever think that, Oh Allah, you protected me from the weather? Inside I have all types of climate control, air conditioning and heaters. Do we ever think of our millions of Muslim brothers and sisters who are living in tents, who are refugees, who are orphans, who have no place to go, who wander around and at the end of the day simply sleep in some corner. They don't even have a place to go at the end of the day. What a blessing it is that Allah has given us a home. How much comfort don't we take in our homes when we're done with our work, when we come home from school, when we're on break from university, we come home. Just that feeling of stepping in, look at that peace and solace that we get. How many people are deprived of that comfort? How many people don't have that sense of belonging in this world? What a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, truly we are just drowning in His blessings. Look at what we eat. People today, we eat anything that we want. If a heart desires ice cream, all of a sudden we'll simply go out in the car, go to the shop and get ice cream. If you want to drink any one of the hundreds of drinks that are available, we simply go out or send somebody that today I want pineapple, mango, juice, blend. We are drowning in the mercies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many Muslims are there in the world who even have enough to eat, let alone that they can eat anything they want, any day, any time they want? But are we grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And do we acknowledge that we're unworthy of these blessings, that we did nothing ourselves to deserve this? What have we done? What can any one of us stand up here today and say that we've done to deserve a house, to deserve food, to deserve clothing? Look at the beggars of this world. Look at the women who beg. Aren't they somebody's sister? Aren't they somebody's daughter? Aren't they somebody's mother? Aren't they somebody's wife? Do we not look at them and reflect that, Oh Allah, you've given so much honor to my wife that she sits home in comfort she sits home in so much izza, so much respect and honor. Do we not think that when we look at these women who have to come in front of strange men, hold their hands out and ask for a few cents or a few rand, do we not think that, Ya Allah, 
Look how much honor you have given my wife. She lives like a queen in her home. The same women that you see on the street guarantee you they're somebody's daughter, somebody's wife, somebody's mother. Who are we to say? That, is there anything that we did in life that saved us from being like them? Is there anything any woman can say that no, I deserve the house that I have? I deserve the money that my husband gives me? That I deserve it more than these women? Look at the izzah, the honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in the world. My friends, truly we are drowning in the mercies of Allah. It comes in one hadith, very strange. The Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the temperament of his servants and he gives them risk, he gives them wealth accordingly. Allah knows, it comes in the deed. The Prophet said that Allah knew that there were some people that if he did not give them enough risk, enough sustenance to fulfill their needs, they would become un- they would become depressed, they would become distant, they might even disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for those people, Allah made sure that they had enough. And there are other type of people who Allah knew that if He gave them more than what they needed, they would become arrogant, they would have pride, they would leave the remembrance of Allah, they would stop being grateful, and if Allah wants to preserve them, Allah doesn't give them too much. So we should analyze ourselves in the hadith that where do we fall in? Maybe we're neither of these categories. Maybe we're those people who Allah gave too much and truly we have fallen into pride, arrogance and neglect. We neglect the remembrance of Allah. We neglect the worship of Allah. We neglect giving Him thanks. It came in another hadith. Shaykh Badr Alam, the famous student of Allama and Mushakish has narrated this hadith in his book Tarjaman al-Sunnah. It's the story of the Bani Israel. That there were once three men in the Bani of Israel. One of them was a leper. He suffered from leprosy. He had all these spots on his face. So one day one man went up to him and said, Oh, what is your condition? And he said, My condition is very bad. I'm a leper. I have such an ugly appearance. Nobody wants to come near me. Nobody wants to sit with me. Nobody wants to keep me in their company. My own family has rejected me. I have no means of earning a living. I just wander around begging from people. So that man then said, Okay, I make dua to you that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove your illness and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you the means to become wealthy. And this person's dua was accepted. Allah ta'ala removed the leprosy of that person and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave that person a camel. Now from that one camel, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put so much barakah in that she camel that she gave birth to more camels and he began to breed camels so much so that he had a large herd of camels and he became a wealthy person. Then this man went to a second person. The second person was bald. And then he asked this person, that, how are you doing? Bald at a young age. And this person said, oh look, I have no hair. I'm so embarrassed. People make fun of me. They ridicule me wherever I am. And on top of that, I'm never successful in business. I'm left running around after people asking for loans. So that man made a dua for him that may Allah Ta'ala restore your hair. And may Allah Ta'ala give you something that will make you wealthy. So that man then got a cattle, a cow, and he began to breed those cows so much that he had a large herd of cattle. Then that man went to a third person, and that third person was blind. And then he asked him, that, what is your condition? And he said, oh my friend, look at me, I am blind. I cannot see, I cannot do anything for myself. I have no one to help me out in the world. I just hold out my hand and beg from the hands of people. That person made a dua and said, may Allah restore your sight. And may he give you the means to be wealthy. Allah gave that person a goat that had so much barakah that she gave children and there were more children and then he had a large herd of goats. 
Then that man went back to each one of them. He went back to that former leper and came in the guise of a beggar and said that, Oh, oh, rich man, you who Allah has given so much, you who once had nothing, why don't you give me something in the name of Allah? So this man, when he heard that, when he heard this person say that you who had nothing, he got upset. He said, who are you to say I had nothing? My fathers and forefathers were rich. What type of beggar are you? You come around and make jokes. You don't acknowledge the hard work and effort that we put into things. Don't you realize what a proud family I come from? So then, the, then that beggar said, that same man who came as a beggar, he said, okay, if you say you were like this before, then may Allah make you as you were before. When he said that dua, then may Allah make you as you are before, Allah Ta'ala took all the barakah out of those camels, they started to die one by one until his whole herd was finished. He started to get his spots back again until he was a leper again. Then that man went to the second person, the person who had been bald. And he said that, oh, I'm a beggar, I ask you in the name of Allah, give me something of what Allah has given you because truly you had nothing before, everything you have is only because Allah gave you. So what do you mean you had nothing before? Who do you know what I am? Who are you to come and say what my past was? Don't you know what a great family I come from? So the man made the same dua and said, okay, if you wish not to give me anything and you say you had all this before, then may Allah make you as you were before. Just like that, then each and every cow of that person's herd started to die and that person's hair started to fall again. Then he went to the third person who used to be blind and he said to him that, oh, I'm a beggar asking you in the name of Allah, Give me something from that which Allah has given you. Truly you had nothing and Allah gave you everything in life. That blind, that form, that man looked at him and that beggar and said, Oh my friend, truly you have recognized me today. I had nothing before. I was so desperate. But Allah sent some pious person. He came and made dua for me. And all of these goats that you see is just through the mercy of Allah. My friend, today you ask me in the name of Allah. Between these two mountains, all the goats are mine. If you ask in the name of Allah, you can take as many goats as you wish. Then that person said that, Oh man, know that I'm an angel sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I went to three men. And I made a dua for all of them that way. And I came back to test all of them. Congratulations to you that you passed the test. That you were grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you remembered your origins. So my friends, although none of us may have been blind in this world, all of us are like that blind man. We must remember our origins that truly we came into this world with nothing. Each and everything that we have in this world is only because Allah SWT gave it to us. None of us should think that it is because of our hard work or our effort or our degrees. Yes, those might be the apparent means. But in reality, everything that we have in this world is only because Allah SWT gave it to us. We must be so grateful to Him, so worshipping of Him. And how did we say to be grateful? Number one, that we should sing His praises all the time. We should say, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah should be almost every other word in our speech. We hardly sing the praises of Allah. In fact, the basic du'as before eating and after eating, how many of us forget them? How many of us forget to say Bismillah? How many of us forget to say Alhamdulillah after eating? And remember, when the Prophet used to make these du'as, the Prophet Muhammad didn't make these du'as because they were sunnah du'as. He made them because he was such a humble, pious, believing worshipper of Allah. That every time he ate, he literally would feel that Allah had blessed him with this food. Every time he ate, he would feel as if Allah was hand feeding him. 
That's how he used to feel when he ate. So when he would be done eating from his heart, he would say, Alhamdulillah. So it's not enough to simply memorize the sunnah du'as and some maktab when you are a child. You will forget them when you eat, when you grow old and rich. But you must give rise to the sunnah states in your heart. You must remember Allah so much throughout your meal that when you're finishing from your heart, you feel like crying out, Alhamdulillah, that you yourself feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has just spoon-fed me today. We must approach every meal, every bounty like that. That Allah is personally giving it to us. Everything about our lives is like that, that we should just view it as a gift from Allah. So we must say Alhamdulillah, we must say Bismillah, we must praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more and more with our tongues. And the second, we must use our bodies in the worship of Allah, we must follow all of His commandments, we must be ashamed of breaking His rules. One of our mashayikh has written that one of the signs that the heart is hard is that the young man no longer feels any shame in breaking the rules of Allah. The same Atab in Abi Rabah, who I quoted earlier, he said that if on the Day of Judgment Allah asks you, my friends, that, oh my friends, when you wanted to commit that sin, you closed all the doors to your room, you closed all the windows, you drew the curtains, you locked the doors, you shut all the doors from which creation could see you, but did you not think that you could not close the door through which I could see you? Do I have less value in your eyes than anyone in creation? Is that how low we view Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is that what the young man thinks when he closes his room and turns on his computer? Is that what the young man thinks when he closes his room and starts his cell phone? That he's hiding it from everybody else, but does he not know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see him? That Allah knows everything that he's doing? It means that we have such a low opinion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we're more worried about other people finding out our sins. We couldn't be bothered that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is seeing our sins. How ungrateful, what ungrateful servants we are that we use the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in His disobedience. In fact, we should reflect that that same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who knows how to give blessings, He knows how to take them away. And this is a strange thing that Allah has mentioned in the Quran. He has mentioned the example, two examples in Quran of such communities where Allah Ta'ala had given them so much but they were ungrateful to Him so Allah took their blessings away. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says in Quran وَذَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا قَرْيَةً That Allah Ta'ala coins for you the example of a village, of a city كَانَتْ آمِنَةً مُطْمَئِنَّةً That they were at peace from the outside world and they were at peace with themselves. So such a beautiful, such a sacred community. Maybe it might apply to Ermelo. Maybe it might apply to your South Africa. That Allah blessed a community that they were at peace from the outside world, had no external threats. And they were at peace inside of themselves. Then what did Allah do? يَأْتِيهَا رِزْكُهَا رَغَدًا مِنْ كُلِّ مَكَانٍ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them sustenance, provision from all four sides. They were literally just drowning in the mercies and the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what happened? فَكَفْرَتْ بِأَنْعُمِ اللَّهِ That they denied the blessings of their Lord. They were ungrateful for the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They became lost in pursuing the dunya. They did not care about following the rules of Allah. They did not care about following the sunnahs of the beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were ungrateful for the mercies of Allah. So what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do? فَأَذَاكَهَ اللَّهُ لِبَاسٌ جُوءِ وَالْخَوْفِ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took away their blessings and surrounded them with the libas, the clothing of fear and hunger. Some of us are saying right here that khawf can also mean sickness. 
So those of us feel in our life that I don't know why I got sick. All of a sudden my wife got sick. All of a sudden my children are getting sick. All of a sudden my parents are getting sick. Maybe it's because we're being ungrateful for the blessings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. This was a result of what they used to do. It was an example of a previous community, but all of us must think that maybe we can fall like in this example. That Allah has given us so much, we are at so much peace. If we are ungrateful for the blessings of Allah, what will happen to us, Allah might also put upon us this clothing of fear and hunger. So it means we must be more and more grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must do qadr of Him. We must think that Allah has said in Quran, وَمَا قَدْرَ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِ that they have not valued and appreciated the Lord as He deserves to be appreciated. They haven't been as grateful to the Lord as He deserves to be made grateful for. So it means that we should be people who use each and everything in our life for the service of Allah, to approach Allah, to become near to Allah, to feel Allah in our lives. May Allah SWT make us all people of gratitude, of gratefulness. May He recognize, may he help us recognize each and every one of the blessings He has given us. Conclude with the dua, inshallah. Subhana Rabbi wa Allah, Masalli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam. Rabbana zanamna anfusana wa inlam takfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna mina khasirin. Rabbana, our kind and generous Lord, our Lord who created us, who nurtured us from the moment we were born, who gave us each and everything that we have, Ya Allah, we testify to you today, zanamna anfusana that we have wronged and oppressed our own selves. We have denied and, and, and failed to appreciate your blessings. Allah, we admit today that we have betrayed and deceived no one but ourselves. Ya Allah, if you do not shower your maghfirah, your forgiveness upon us, and your rahmah and your mercy upon us, truly we will be amongst the lost ones. Ya Allah, forgive us for being so ungrateful to you. Ya Allah, let us also be grateful to you from now on with our tongues, with our bodies. Ya Allah, let us keep from sinning against your rules. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did at night. Forgive us for the sins that we did alone. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the company of others. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did to ourselves. Forgive us for the sins that we did to others. Forgive us for the sins that we remember. Forgive us for the sins that we have even forgotten that we did them. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our ears. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Ya Allah, it would have been your right to have made us blind. Ya Allah, we beg you today to forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Ya Allah, how can these eyes which have seen the Kaaba, how can these eyes which have seen your Quran, how can these eyes still sin against your commands? Ya Allah, we bow our heads to you in shame today. Ya Allah, the young man today is reaching out to you and begging you to forgive him for the sins that he committed with his eyes. Ya Allah, let us only use our eyes to see that which is permissible to see. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did with our eyes. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our hands. Forgive us for the sins that we did with our organs. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Ya Allah, and through your mercy, erase all the effects of our sin. Erase the records of sin from our book of deeds. Erase the memories of sin from our minds. Erase the feelings and desires of sin from our hearts. Ya Allah, erase the memory of the pleasure we may have taken in our sin. Ya Allah, let us be people who are ashamed in front of you. Ya Allah, increase us in our fear for you. Ya Allah, increase us in our love for you. Ya Allah, we also want to be people whose hearts tremble in your fear. We also want to be people whose hearts quiver in your love. Ya Allah, let us be people who love you. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your zikr and your remembrance. Make each and every atom of our body yearn for you. Make each and every atom of our body make your zikr and make your remembrance. Ya Allah, today we turn to you and we wish nothing other than your pleasure. 
Ya Allah, do not let our hands fall down until you are pleased with us. Ya Allah, transform, our, transform us from the tips of our hair to the soles of our feet in a way that is pleasing to you. Make it easy for us to follow the Quran, Sunnah, and Sharia. Ya Allah, if we are lazy, drag us from our hair and force us to follow the Quran, Sunnah, and Sharia. But Ya Allah, save us from the punishment of the grave. Save us from the punishment of the day of judgment. Ya Allah, save us from the punishment of the hellfire. Ya Allah, let us be risen on that day of judgment amongst your grateful servants. Ya Allah, do not expose our sins on that day in front of everyone. Ya Allah, do not reveal our sins in front of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. Ya Allah, do not reveal our sins in front of the mothers of the believers. Ya Allah, no son wishes to be exposed in front of his mother. Ya Allah, no daughter wishes to be made naked in front of her mother. Ya Allah, do not expose our sins in front of Sayyidina Khadija and Sayyidina Aisha. Anhana. Ya Allah, do not let them see all the things that we used to do. Ya Allah, do not show them all the things that we used to look at. Ya Allah, we beg of you to forgive us for our sins on this day. Ya Allah, you who have hidden our sins all our lives. Ya Allah, we beg you to forgive us for our sins and hide the records of our sins on that day of judgment. Ya Allah, how will we stand before Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar? Ya Allah, how will the women stand before Sayyidina Khadija and Sayyidina Aisha? Ya Allah, we beg you to forgive us for our sins. We beg you to give us a spot amongst the ranks of Muslimin and Mu'minin on that day. We beg of you to give us something to drink from the Hawza Kawthar, from the hands of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ya Allah, any one of us who may be sick, grant us health. Any one of us who may have financial difficulty, grant us the risky halal tayyib, the purest and noblest forms of wealth. And Ya Allah, those of us who have health, those of us who have more than all that we need of wealth, Ya Allah, those of us who have our own laziness to blame, Ya Allah, let us overcome our laziness and become people of amal. Let us practice what we know, and let us be sincere in what we practice. And Ya Allah, give us istikamah on our amal, give us steadfastness on our deen. Ya Allah, preserve the iman of our children. Ya Allah, preserve the children from the temptations of the society around them. Ya Allah, preserve the young man from the temptations of society around them. Ya Allah, keep us away from the gatherings of sin. Keep us away from the friends of sin. Keep us away from the thoughts of sin. Ya Allah, keep us away from the opportunity of sin. Ya Allah, preserve the iman of our children and of all our descendants until the yawm deen Ya Allah, bless this masjid. Make this masjid the shining light of the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. Fill this masjid always with the people of taqwa. Make this masjid a place that produces the people of taqwa. Ya Allah, bless the Muslims of this community and of this country and an entire ummah. Ya Allah, make us amongst your grateful servants. Ya Allah, help us to become grateful to you. Ya Allah, open up our eyes to the reality of our lives. Ya Allah, let us recognize all the bounties and blessings that you have given us. And let us turn to you in all of humility and all of gratefulness and thankfulness. رَبَّنَا تَقَمَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ وَتُوبُوا عَلَيْنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَى حَبِيبِهِ سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ بِرَحْمَتِكَ يَا أَرْحَمَ الرَّاحِمِينَ